Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Silke Schweigert is the CEO of Yonkers, which is a leading translation services provider. Uh, She took over the CEO role about 18 months ago, and she came with a really clear vision. She saw that they had an artificial intelligence platform, which they were using internally, and she could see the potential of absolutely transforming the business if she was to take that platform and expose it externally. So she comes with very clear vision to the business. And we have a great conversation. She's a very uh, fascinating lady, uh, brings a lot of wisdom. And she talks about how she moves from her corporate role, where she was really enjoying herself, and yet she decided to reinvent herself and take on the CEO role in a smaller, higher growth company. She talks about how she secured that role, the three factors you need to bear in mind if you want to grab the CEO seat. Uh, And she talked about the surprises of that journey. What was it that surprised her? She was already a highly experienced executive, and yet there were still some aspects of the CEO role which were were new to her or which uh, she didn't quite realize the weight that that would put on her shoulders. So uh, it's a really great conversation with Silke. I do hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the world of Yonkers and artificial intelligence in the translation world. Hi, Silke, and welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Nice to meet you, and thank you for the invitation. No, I'm really looking forward to this. You're the uh, CEO of Yonkers, which looks like it's a really pioneering uh, artificial intelligence-based translation service and platform. Um, and I know you've moved into that just over the last year or so, so uh, perhaps two years. So I'm really looking forward to understanding a bit about that learning curve, right? Well, how has it been from going in from perhaps the corporate world where you had kind of very high level roles, you know, into taking the full ownership, if you like, of this uh, fast growing business. So let's just start by perhaps just give me a bit of your background. What was what was the story of um, you know, your brief story up to that CEO role. And then tell us a bit about Yonkers. What, what interested you in that company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, I'm Silke Schweigert, um, CEO of Yonkers at the moment. Originally, I'm from Belgium, uh, even though I have a German name. But uh, I've been living in Germany for the past 20 years. My mother is German. My husband is German, hence also the German last name. Um, I moved to Germany over 20 years ago. And I From my education, I have a master's degree in in translation for Dutch, English, German and uh, Chinese. Wow, that's uh, Um, I was going to say only in Belgium, but then you slipped in the uh, the Chinese. So that's mixed. So I always wanted to work in an international environment, not as a translator, but the international environment was really important to me. So in 99, I joined... um, a company called Outnet at the time as a project manager. And so my, my career has really started in that customer service. Before that, I was also, I was a travel guide in China. So 
already working with with customers. So the project management step was kind of more um, into that direction, customer service. Very soon after that, I became a team lead. And then around 2003, when our company got acquired by another company called STL, um, I became the managing director of Germany. Um, So that was my first like real management experience of being the managing director of one country within a global organization. Um, At that time, I was 27. Um, And then since then, I had several international roles uh, on an EMEA level first, uh, both commercial, but also operational. And then um, in 2016, I became the uh, the chief delivery officer where I was responsible at STL for two and a half thousand employees in 38 countries. So really exciting times. Um, And in 2018, I decided to close that chapter. And my friends told me it was my midlife crisis. Uh, How can you leave a job that you actually love? Uh, well, I want to just add into this. I mean, I think it's uh, proactive of you, right? Sometimes people wait until they get into this phase of stagnation and uh, even defensiveness because they feel, oh, perhaps I'm a bit too old in this role. I'm a bit too long. I'm a bit too expensive, but I'm going to hang on in there. Um, and I think actually when you're still, when it's still good, it's a fantastic moment to reinvent yourself. I like to say to my clients um, with a bit of my tongue in cheek, as I want to do, I'll say, you know, you need a Madonna moment. And the Madonna <laughs> moment is that moment, like you know, that. when she like reinvented herself and came out with her, you know, with, with a new look or whatever. And um, it's like every, almost every major rock or pop artist, um, you know, either they got to go for the, for the nostalgia thing, like they never change, mm-hmm. but pretty much like all the ones who, you know, have really innovated, they, they reinvent themselves and perhaps they, they create that period of uncertainty, but then they manage to bring their old self into their new self. And I think it's that, that's, that's the game. I think that's exponential. Um, yeah. I leadership. like that. I'm going to start using that. I had my Madonna moments. That's really good. Um, yeah, and after the Madonna moment, it was really like, okay, what do I want from here? Um, I went into consulting a little bit, worked a lot with um, with private equity firms who wanted to explore the language market. And then I bumped into uh, Yonkers as a company um, where I got really excited about um, their technology platform. Um, and it was kind of me moving from, as you mentioned before, from that big corporate environment um, at least in our space, to a much smaller company, but where I just saw a lot of potential um, in really making the platform that, that they already have, like the global platform for a continuous localization. And so if you say, what is it that Yonkers does? That's exactly what we do. So um, basically, Yonkers is a tech-enabled language company um, that provides enterprises like Amazon or, or, or Microsoft with solutions to make sure that they can bring their products to the global market. Um, so we help them to go faster, more cost-effective, and obviously at a high quality. So that's, in a nutshell, what, uh, what we do uh, at Yonkers. Yeah, perfect. And out of interest, what, what attracted you to that? What, what in that you know, got you excited and made you want to jump in? It's a very good question. So I kind of made a list for myself at the time. What is it that you really want to get out of your, new, your next job, your next position? Mm-hmm. And I came up with three criteria that were really important to me. Um, one was that I wanted to stay in a technology-driven environment. 
The other one was that it definitely had to be an international company because that's my DNA. That's where I came from. That's what I love. But the third factor I realized was really important to me. And it's I wanted to have fun mm-hmm. um, because I think, you know, work hard, play hard has always been my motto. And everyone who has worked with me in the past 20 odd years knows that. Yeah. And I just I want to work with nice people who can have a bit of fun. Uh, and obviously work hard as well but that was those were my three points yeah perfect and 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 then within the the kind of the actual opportunity within Yonkers what was it that kind of made you go yeah it's it's tech it's international it's fun and it's 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 actually got potential right what was the potential that you saw the potential for me was really the platform um when I started talking to the people who who actually developed the platform I remember saying Okay, I've been in the language industry for more than 20 years. I worked within the top three, uh, within a company within the top three. I've never heard of Words Online, which is the platform. How come? Mm, right. <laughs> and so, uh, Great a secret. Exactly. Secret. Why, why doesn't anyone else know about it? And it turned out that they had developed this, this magnificent platform, but they had used it only internally uh, for efficiency purposes. And that's where I just saw the big opportunity saying, okay, it's not fair to only use it for your biggest client uh, for their continuous localization. We need to bring this to market and make sure that other companies can also benefit of this. And so that's really the journey that we've taken to to really go uh, on the one hand is move ourselves from being a pure language service provider to really become the language platform um, for enterprises who go global. Yeah, great. So I love it, Silke, because you're bringing out this kind of um, guiding vision, right? The kind of the one shift that you could perhaps see to make as, as a as a CEO. So let me ask you, before you were had a lot of, you know, you started off in project management, you said you became chief delivery officer, so very heavy operational focus by the sound of it. Um, looking back, what were the biggest factors that helped you secure the CEO role, which obviously is a broader, broader remit? How did yeah. you kind of expand your your game i think it's three three main components it's kind of vision experience and credibility and and let me just explain what i mean by that so obviously you know the vision that i just explained to you i think that's what i want is clear is to transform yonkers from being that typical language service provider into becoming the global platform i think that really um was exciting for the shareholders um, to, to get someone who really wanted to do that. I mean, we use this RAI platform and our managed um, community to really break down or, or remove language barriers. And I think that's key in today's world that is so global. So having that vision was definitely an important part um, of mm. the decision. The fact that I had the experience in the sense that I had already worked in the language industry for 20 years Um, I had filled several commercial and operational roles um, at one of the top three players. I'm sure that played an important role. Um, Also, the fact that I had experience in the tech space, um, that I had gone through several acquisitions and and was uh, partly responsible for the integration of those. Um, So those are kind of, you know, I had managed global teams. So this is the pure experience part that was definitely a key factor. And then the third part is credibility, um, which obviously goes hand in hand with experience. Um, but I didn't mention, I mean, obviously, I didn't mention the fact that I 
I'm a female CEO. Um, as a female CEO, you kind of have to double proof your credibility. Um, like, how do you deal with male managers? How do you deal with male customers? How do you deal with being a mother and a CEO? It's kind of all these questions that no one really dares to ask, but mm. it's in everyone's They're there anywhere, right. Exactly. So the fact that I had proven all these points throughout my career, uh, I'm sure has also played an important role. So it's really those three things. It's, it's um, vision, experience, and credibility, I would mm. say. Yeah, no, that, that's really helpful, really clear. So you got into the role um, in, I think, July um, 2020, I think you, you said. Yeah. So, um, so kind of 18 months ago. What's been the biggest surprise? Um, you probably had some expectations about what it would mean to be CEO. Uh, you know, how did the reality surprise you? Well, I always thought once I'd be a CEO, I would come into my beautiful office. I would put my feet on the desk, take my newspaper, and that would be it, right? <laughs> that wasn't the case. That wasn't quite the case. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously. Um, it's not really a surprise, but more of a realization that, that I had. And it's the, the impact that you constantly have on people as a CEO. Um, and this impact goes very much hand in hand with responsibility. So, I mean, the fact that every decision you make has an impact on someone. It has, it can have a positive, it can be positive or negative, but it, it can have a, an impact on your people um, and their families. Yeah. It can have an impact on your suppliers and their families or potentially their companies um, can have an impact on customers. So, in this regard, always finding that balance between taking decisions for the wellness of the company and, on the other hand, making sure that you take the, the right decisions for the long-term well-being of, of the people that you're working with. I think that was my biggest realization kind of in this role. It's Richard here with a quick interlude. As part of my coaching and advisory work, I often work with leaders who have recently taken on the CEO role. It's a big leap from the comfort zone of functional leadership or business unit management. And it opens up a whole new set of stakeholders, pressures, decisions, and responsibilities. I found that there are three key things that will make a huge difference in those first quarters. Number one, balancing the operational and the strategic, what I call CEO focus. Number two, establishing credibility, what I call CEO presence. And number three, managing stakeholders those ceo conversations i've written a short email series that goes into more detail on the transition to ceo and how you can practically sharpen your ceo focus solidify your ceo presence and master your ceo conversations it's insightful and it's entirely free of charge and you can register for it by going to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash curve now back to the conversation yeah because i guess as ceo you have all these different sometimes conflicting um stakeholder interests right and there's no easy answer as to where you you know where you um how you balance those right um exactly exactly yeah, yeah. So I think I can understand. Yeah, I can understand that. It's interesting you talk about decisions. Um, you know, one of my CEO clients who we were having discussion around decision making and where you should 
but it's focus. And I just say, actually, you have to be really, really clear about what decisions are actually yours as CEO to take, mm-hmm. because it's easy to, to you know, there's all sorts of things you, you can pretty much decide on anything. But every time you do make a decision, you're probably stepping on somebody else's toes, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know either, either because it's their functional responsibility to decide or because two functions should be getting together and figuring out what they want to do together. And it's, also it's you have no one else to blame, right? So yeah, when yeah. you're in another position in the company, you always have this CEO to blame for right. whatever is happening. So that. Yeah doesn't happen anymore yes yeah, it's that great point i mean you know, ceo is about taking ultimate responsibility in a sense right there is nowhere else at that yeah. point you have to exactly yeah you have to take it for me that's almost the definition of ceo i think it's when you have that ultimate responsibility and i think that's why i see as well most of my ceo clients are spending their time saying how do i get everybody else to take this high level of personal responsibility and ownership right because that's the ceo mindset that you want to kind of replicate yeah True. So, um, okay, so, yeah, what, what else did you, what other surprises came along? Anything else that, that, that struck you? Uh, not really surprises. And, I mean, obviously, there's mm. like day, daily surprises, yeah. but those are what I would say is more tactical. Um, I, I guess because I, I had already been in senior roles before, the kind of the responsibility, the team management, the, right. the decision-making, et cetera, was mm. not that new. For me, it was really that realization of impact that that was, a again, not a surprise, but kind of a, whoa, okay, this yeah, is Yeah, it really landed serious. on yeah. yeah. Yeah, perfect. So you've, you've been over this this this, um, this 18 months as, as a CEO. You know, what advice would you now give for other new CEOs if they were coming on board to, to, to a new company, uh, taking the reins? What would your tips be for them? Uh, Definitely, I mean, I think this is a typical answer, but it is important. Have a clear vision um, for what you're going to be doing over the next couple of years. Um, Make sure that it's clear, but also make sure that you share it with the team. Make sure that people in the organization know about the vision, that they understand the vision, uh, which is different to saying that they agree to the vision. That's the next step, but kind of make sure that it's clear um, so that, that you can ensure that everyone runs in the in the same direction. I just said yeah. it's not the same as that everyone agrees. I think this is also a very good and important opportunity to give to the people who don't agree with your vision to start looking for an alternative um, because it is important that everyone stands behind the company vision. So I would say that's my, mm. my number mm. one. Make sure yeah. that you have a clear vision and you and you talk about it. The second one is ask questions. Mm. It's almost like some some people or some senior people think they need to know everything. Yes. And so it's not it's not okay to ask questions because I should probably know this. Um, I definitely do not agree with that. I think you have to ask questions, and it will actually build trust with the people, and and it will also create credibility because it means you have a personal interest in what the people are doing. Um, and it actually gives you valuable input to put in your transformation plan if, you, if that's the, the objective that you have. Um, yeah, so it, asking it, questions is crucial. Well, it's interesting. Um, one of my clients found out that the person he felt was asking the diff- most difficult questions was actually the most engaged, even though initially he thought, oh, this person's not on board with my plan because he's asking all these difficult questions. He doesn't believe it's going to work. But actually, it was the most engaged executive he had on his team. 
So that, that's, that's actually my third point. So wow. the first one is to have a clear vision. The second one is ask questions. But the third one is communicate. Right. Uh, because if you communicate, you, you also in, encourage people to ask questions. And so you will actually get to know your team. And you'll, you'll always have those people you just mentioned, you know, who ask yeah. lots of difficult questions or, or, or people who are very silent. But uh, communication, both inwards, I would say is very important to in towards employees, etc. But also outwards, make sure you're in touch with customers uh, very quickly with your suppliers. Yep. Really make sure you understand kind of how is your how's your company seen by the rest of the world? What are the positives? What are the things that you could improve as a company? I, I found that really useful uh, doing that early on because again, you're the one who can ask silly questions also um, towards the customer because you're yeah. new yes so yeah, that, yeah that's great. really valuable yeah it's a great point actually make the most of being new right don't see it as a negative but actually use it as hey i'm new i'm fresh you know exactly. tell, let me ask the stupid questions um i think as a consultant i've made most of my career out of asking stupid questions <laughs> right <laughs> And actually, I think to say, you talked about asking questions and, and not being afraid to ask questions. One thing I noticed, because yeah, I've coached execs of many different levels, and I find that my CEO coaching clients are the ones who I have to slow down the most when I ask them something, because they feel they always need to have a response, because it's become second nature, because everyone's always asking them things all the time. And it's very easy. I ask them quite a challenging question potentially, but they're immediately on to saying something. And I have to kind of call them, say, slow down a bit. You don't need to prove anything in this moment. What do you, you know, what's actually going on? And to get them to process a bit more, because as I said, the operational reality of many CEOs is they have to have answers all the time just to kind of get through all the all the pulls on their time. Yeah. And so I think it also relates into not not always feeling you have to have the answers. Exactly. But live in a, live in a bit of that space where you don't quite know. It's okay. And I, I think it's fine to say, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 It can just and actually surprising people, it can knock them out of their own habits as well, right? If your employees expect you to know all the time, then you say, I don't know. That wakes them up as well. And it could wake <laughs> and interrupt. Okay. So um really helpful. So share the vision, ask questions, and then communicate uh, inwards and outwards and ask those silly questions as well to kind of make the most of that, that newness. I think those are, those are great tips. Um, let's kind of move into a little quick fire questions here. It's always good to, to ask about um, favorites um, and things that have shaped you as a, as a person and as a leader. So what's, what's the favorite quote or motto that you like to uh, live by or lead by? Um, I like it's it always seems impossible until it's done from uh, Nelson Mandela I think it's a very good quote um, which is true and it's just one of the things that in a change management process you know it's very useful to have that one because I think we all know it's the standard answer if you want to change something it's like no that's not possible we've always done it that way (laughs) <laughs> absolutely what about a favorite app is there some app um on your phone that you know really adds adds value to you in a surprising way or you go just your go-to i'll give you a really surprising answer because it's not a um not a high level mm-hmm. um cultural app or anything like that but whatsapp and facebook really add value to my personal life because for me it's the medium i stay in touch with my friends around the world 
Um, and so without having to pick up the phone to everyone every time, I can kind of make sure that people are aware what I'm doing and I'm aware what they're doing, which I think is absolutely fantastic. So um, a non, yeah. non-business uh, answer there, but uh, no. definitely, I would say the most used apps on my phone. Yeah, used apps on your phone. Yeah, absolutely. Besides that, yeah. that's not a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? All these apps, like they add value, but we also want to get out of them a lot. Um it's a, it's a love-hate relationship, I think. Yeah, you don't want to spend your life in them, that's for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. So what about a book? Is there a book that's really influenced you on your journey? Uh, there is a book. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a small book, but I, I, I read it quite early on in my career, and I must say it had a big impact on me, and it's uh, Who Moved My Cheese from uh, Spencer Johnson. Oh, yes. Um, and at the time, my manager actually gave it to me because we were in the middle of a change management process. And, and so it really kind of opened my eye that I don't know whether you've read it, but it's about mice who um, who, need, who are who are in a. Um, oh, God, what's the English word now? Like a labyrinth. A, yeah, like um, yeah, a maze. Maze, maze. Yeah. And they kind of need, they always do the same thing and they can't find it anymore. And so it's like, well, how do you change your way of thinking so you actually get to where you want to go? Um, right right and it's uh, for me it's a very simple but very valuable book okay yeah I've, I've seen it I've never read it so perhaps I should dig it out one of these days it's very thin so you'll have it done within an hour <laughs> okay so okay, what, what advice would you give your 20 year old self oh god that's a difficult one um interestingly enough I wouldn't change anything so um I think the advice would just be you can do whatever you want if you really want it. Um, I think that would yeah. be that would be the advice. Yeah. Last one. Last question is um, it's just really around um, you know, who inspires you. you know, many of our best ge- many of our best guests on the show come from referrals, right? So I'm always keen to know, you know who's an impactful CEO. You know who's perhaps in- impacted your career in some way you know somebody that could be another great guest for the show does anybody come to mind um uh, there's I'm sure there's lots of people but if I really think of you know inspiration and, and um where I think wow this guy just keeps amazing me I, I would need to reach out to someone like like Elon Musk you know I just find it unbelievable how visionary this guy is and almost crazy at times yeah. um but really trying to create vision and, and and creating value for the world that's really amazing so if you can get him on your interview show that there we would, go yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure how hard can it be how hard can it be just the phone um, away right challenge yeah well uh, it's really interesting uh i was writing an, an email today um for my newsletter explaining how to um how to get an invitation with Bill Gates, um, how to get a meeting with Bill Gates and uh, it actually happened in a i went to a meeting there were 100 people in the room and um and the host said, has anyone got a big ask for this community? So we put the hand up and said, I'd like an intro to Bill Gates, please. Five people put their hands up um, because he'd made, he'd, he made a better ask than I just made. But that was his ask. But he, he gave the rationale. He explained why it was important. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people got what he was up to. And there were a few people there who could actually get him closer to that inner circle. So... It was amazing because the conference organizer said to me afterwards, I would completely wanted to die when the guy said this, <laughs> because it was like, this is going to destroy my whole 
point because this was too audacious, too big a goal. Um, so I'll just put it out there, right? If anybody on this, any listener knows uh, how we can get Elon Musk on the show, that would be great. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I look Fascinating forward to guy. it. Hey, uh, Silk, this has been great. Let me ask about the future as we kind of wrap up, because no matter where, how much we've achieved, there's always the next level to get to. And as you know, that's what kind of excites me. So where do you go here as a business? What's next for Yonkers? Well, uh, watch this space, I would say. Um, I mean, as a business, we will definitely expand um, enormously over the next couple of years. Uh, we want to become the platform for continuous localization. And so any company that brings their products and their content to global markets uh, in many languages quickly, they will, uh, they will work with us. So that's where we, where we are going. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And I say you've, you've already set out that vision of really making the platform front and center. Uh, let me ask you, how's your own leadership going to need to change? You know, what's your, what's your stretch? You know, what's, what's going to take you out of your comfort zone as you lead the company to these new heights? Hmm. What's my stretch? Kind of have stretches every day. I think that's what, keep, what keeps me going is that I keep learning every day. There's something new, something I haven't done. So it's kind of like... A continuous uh, learning process there. Um, my current stretch that would definitely have a, a big impact on, on, on my time is I desperately need to uh, start uh, really looking for a CFO to help me to bring uh, the company to the next level. So that's my current challenge. But I'm, you know, it's like this is a continuous pro- process. Every day there is new challenges, new stretches. Um, so for me, that's a, a process that is ongoing, and that's what keeps me going as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Is yeah, it's a continuous journey, as we said, reinventing ourselves from time to time, um, and uh, and pushing, you know, pushing ourselves not because we have to, but because we want to actually, and because we want to absolutely have more impact. So okay, it's yeah. been great to talk to you. Um, it's been really fascinating to get a glimpse into Yonkers, to, into this view of this platform for um, artificial intelligence, for, for, for localization. Um, and yeah, for just some of the sharing, thank you for sharing just so, so honestly, some of those, some of those learnings from your first months as CEO. So, You're very, sure. very welcome. Very welcome. It was lovely to speak to you, Richard. And um, yeah, I look forward to that interview with Elon Musk. Speak soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.